0: Welcome to Mommy Diary, the podcast. I'm your host, Angela Kim. I'm a creative, lifestyle blogger, and mom of four. This podcast is all about honest stories of motherhood and real conversations with real mothers just like you. Unlike my Instagram account, not everything will be beautiful. I promise to be vulnerable and share stories of all the struggles and the incredible moments we all share as women and mothers. So do me a favor and screenshot this episode, add it to your IG stories, then tag me at Mommy Diary. I'd love to feature you on my Insta stories. We're all in this together, mamas. Let's dive into the show. Hi, Sally. Thank you so much for joining me today at Mommy Diary, the podcast. You're you're on my 12th episode, and I'm so excited that you're here.
1: Hi, Angela. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited and hopefully I won't be too awkward.
0: (laughs) No, of course not. So for those of you guys who don't know our history, me and Sally, we met on Instagram and we were just like IG friends, right? For a few years. And we, you know, DM'd for those of you that direct message back and forth. Sally was just one of those people who I felt so comfortable with. She was just so genuine, down to earth, And I used to ask her a lot of dumb, you know, blogging questions when I was still a newbie. So I consider Sally to be one of my OG blogger friends. And I'm fortunate to have her close to my home in Orange County. So we got to see each other, hang out at multiple events. I'm just so thankful that she's here. And she is so full of wisdom. So I'm so excited to talk to her today.
1: (laughs) But the thing is, Angela, you may have like asked me a bunch of questions in the past, but like, I have to follow my own advice, because sometimes I don't do that. And then, like, look at you. And then not that, like, look at me, like, I'm not doing that well. But, you know, I'm, like, so proud of, like, all the things that you've accomplished and stuff, you know?
0: Oh, thank you so much. I feel the same way about you. So Sally and I are both introverts. And we say that proudly, because you feel like there aren't a lot of introverts. In the blogging community. I think blogging is typically associated with like very loud, right? Kind of like attention grabbing,
1: maybe more
0: people. Yeah, not that they do it, you know, as a way to show off. But I think some people just have this energy where they have to be in front of people. But we're not like that. I think that's where we really connected with each other. So before we begin, can you Start by telling me about how it was that, you know, how you transitioned from being a teacher, a mom to a blogger, and what got you started? Well, I taught for like 14 years
1: before I had my daughter. So, you know, when you first have a child, like your world turns upside down and you just feel like chaotic all the time. But once like she got a little bit older, I think I just wanted something for me because you sometimes feel like you lose yourself as a mom because your whole life is about your kid or your kids. So I wanted something for myself, but I didn't really know what it was or what I was going to be doing. But then another like our mutual friend, like I have known her for a long time um, through Instagram and through like a mom wedding blog chat group type of thing. We were both going to, she was going to start a blog and then she encouraged me to start a blog. And so I did. And the thing that's weird is because like, I mean, I'm not a showy person at all. Like I, if sometimes when you hang out with me, like I could not say a whole lot. And then other times I might just like verbally vomit on you and like say a lot. It just depends, you know? And so for me to be like a blogger or somebody like in this public kind of space is weird because it doesn't really match up with my personality really. But yeah, so we I started the blog and then I joined like Facebook groups like with other bloggers and I went to conferences and like stuff like that. And that's, I think how, you know, you build like a community of like colleagues and like other bloggers, you know, where you kind of help each other or like bounce ideas off of each other and stuff. And from there, like you form your own brand. I guess that's what you would call it, you know?
0: Yeah, I think you're very similar to me in that we're both, we're not totally quiet. We're just a little, I think we're shy in a large group gathering, but we still love friends and we love to talk. We love to socialize, but I think we're more selective of when and where. And I think part of that, and we talk about this, you know, when we're, it's just personally, I think that part of that comes from being Asian American, where we're kind of taught indirectly Just to be the listener, to be the observer. I used to be really loud in my home with my family. And they always told me I was bossy and I was too loud for a girl. And, you know, you start to really like embrace that as your truth. So I do feel like you and I, we are definitely introverts in that we like alone time. Uh, We need our own space. But I do think a lot of it was conditioned too, because I think we could be really fun. I find you really funny and I love to be around you. You're funny without <laughs> trying to be funny, you know? And you're, you have a very, like, um, warm spirit that's very, like, social, but makes me want to get to know you.
1: I think I just try not to take things too seriously. But I feel like after I got married and after I had a kid, as I became more comfortable with who I am, is where I don't take things as seriously or myself as seriously, you know, so I think in that way, like, I'm more open to different types of people and just different types of experiences, which maybe is kind of why I went into blogging and social media stuff, you know, because like, I feel like 20 years ago, Sally wouldn't have done this at all.
0: I love that. And let's give a shout out to our girl, Jiyoung. She's at Simply yeah. Every Blog, and she is another Korean American blogger. And we got to meet for the first time in person last year at a conference, it was so much fun. It was like seeing an old friend. And it's really funny. I didn't know their history that Sally and Ji talked to each other about blogging and that they helped each other. You know, it's a testament to like how amazing these online fresh- friendships can be, and that it can truly like bring value to our lives and help us to step outside of our comfort zones.
1: And I think too, it's truly about like having a community you know and not competing I guess because even though like we're all like mommy bloggers or bloggers or lifestyle bloggers or bloggers who are moms we may have like similar for example like campaigns that we might do but the way that you presented or create the content would be different than the way that I would or the way that you know another friend would
0: yeah, and you know, social media and especially Instagram is full of these like women empowerment, right? Like let's lift each other up type of messages, but we know that it's not always like that, right? In the vlogger community. It's almost like high school all over again. I think people are a little more um what's what's the right word? A little more like sophisticated <laughs> in their in their ways, but There are some competition, right, amongst moms and bloggers.
1: Well, I think it's just because maybe they have like FOMO, which is, um, you know, because, you know, if you're doing something or you're going somewhere or you're traveling somewhere or you're working with a brand, whatever. And like, I want to do that, too, one day. For some people, they have a lot more FOMO. And so then they can't be genuinely happy for their friends when they get those things you know, so maybe that's why, you know?
0: Yeah, and I love that, like Sally and I, we are like friends that always support each other. Of course, we sometimes fence about, you know, how hard it is to block from home and just our personal lives. But, you know, I, I think we both have a really, you know, great friendship where we support each other. Um, when Sally gets these really awesome opportunities, I'm always cheering her on and the same goes for her. And I always feel so grateful that, you're here, like in, on my blogger and blogging journey, because unlike you, I started without a community, I was completely alone. And I felt like, you know, there were other moms that I connected to on Instagram, but I feel like you, you you just have this like really comforting, almost like older sister type of energy, where I don't feel judged to ask you dumb questions. And you're not intimidating. Your
1: questions are not dumb. No, but I
0: think for some people, done. yeah, yeah. But I think some people that's why they can ask questions. Like, I think this is kind of dumb, or maybe they're too busy. But, but you know, I, I really want to let the listeners know that you're just one of those few very genuine people that I met on Instagram during those early days. And I will always remember that and always feel grateful for that. And I consider you one of my like oldest blogging friends. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so sweet. (laughs) No, and I really mean that I wanted to I wanted to tell you that. And it's really awesome that you know, you're you and your friendships on your online, you're really popular online, though, I think.
1: No, I don't think so. Like, I just live my life, do my thing. No, you do. When I
0: say when I mean by popular is like, Sally has a really good core group of friends. Where like they just all love you and they all care about you and it's genuine and I think that shows you know that goes a lot. It shows your character
1: and I think and that helps. It that way, but yeah. yeah?
0: Well, yeah. yeah. Well, now you should because it's true. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, but I, so, I truly am thankful for like so many friendships that I've been able to develop through this whole social media and stuff.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's hard to come across in this world of social media. You know, I'm not saying everyone is that way. But it's easy to come across a lot of people that are nice to you, because you know, you got certain opportunities or trying to pick your brain, or they want to ask you for favors, you know, there's like an agenda to it. So my next question to you is, why did you decide to quit teaching and start blogging? I know blogging didn't come until later in your you know on your motherhood journey but what made you decide to quit teaching because i know you loved your job
1: i did love it but there are times when i didn't just because teaching like it takes up so much (laughs) work like i mean everything you know it's a lot of work but with teaching i feel like it never ended you know it's not like i would just you know go to work And then at three o'clock, go home and then do nothing like you'd have to grade papers, do lesson plans, you know, prep stuff for projects, just like email parents. So it was like never really ending. But I think for me, once I got married and I had a, a daughter or I had a child, like I knew I wanted to spend more time with my child, my kids or my kids, because me growing up my parents like they always worked and that's part of it like the you know like korean americans or just asian americans or like first generation they're always working because they want to follow that like american dream you know so then like i just remember growing up like they were always working and so you never really got to spend time with them and like you obviously you love your parents but then when you don't spend time with them like you don't feel like you like know them like i feel like My child is going to know me in a different way than like my parents and I, like the way I know them, you know? So that was like the major reason just because I wanted to spend more time with my, my kid and like my family.
0: Yeah, you know, like today, I was talking to a friend, and she's also Korean American. And and we're talking about our parents, it just came up somehow. And I said, you know, I truly empathize with our parents generation. And I'm so grateful for all of their hard work. But we also have to not repeat their mistakes. You know, and I know a lot of the times, it's not because they were wrong, or because they didn't want to, they didn't have a choice and i yeah. feel like a lot of us like the korean not just korean american a lot of like asian americans or just children of immigrants we all have this pain from our childhood whether it was not enough time or too much control or not having enough voice in the, in the family you know not really feeling listened to or understood i know that's something that i dealt with growing up and I used to have a lot of like anger towards my parents during my high school years. But now that I'm older, I look back and realize, oh, it wasn't it's not that they didn't love me. They just didn't really know any better because the world that or they like grew up. Show it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have parents that showed them. You know, how yeah. how are they gonna know? And plus coming from a different country you know, to America and having to start all over again. Now, now as an adult, as a mom, I have so much love and gratitude for them. But I do feel like, you know, we do have to parents for me. So it's really great that you had that option and that, you know, I'm sure it wasn't yeah, really an easy thankful. choice. Yeah. yeah. So like you always knew when you were teaching that you wanted to be a stay-at-home mom?
1: No, I didn't think like once I got married and had a child, like I'm going to be like, By teaching, I think once I had my daughter and I spent more time with her, I was just like, I want to spend more time with her and watch her grow up and like not miss out on moments, like her first steps or her first words or, you know, just any of those things. You know, I mean, because she's an only child. So like, I don't miss anything. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, maybe there are some things that it's okay if I miss it. But, you know, like she... (laughs) she like loves me and I am so grateful because I know when she's probably like a teenager, she's going to be like, mom who?
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, I have a teenager and she used to love me too. And I think she still does love me, but definitely no, but I, it's definitely communicated in a different way before she was like, Oh mommy, I love you so much. Now it's more like, mom you know I have to ask you something you know can I get this or can I go to my friend's house it's different yeah but whenever she gets like that I remind her I tell her hey do you know how much you used to love me when you were three and four so you know just enjoy enjoy your daughter she's so adorable and like I love that age yeah it's
1: it's a really cute age and just seeing her grow up and yeah it's I enjoy it for the most part, I mean, maybe like right now during quarantine, it's been a little bit much, but for the most part,
0: I yeah, so I, do I was like gonna it. ask you, so you homeschool your daughter, yeah, yeah, how the heck do you stay with your child twenty four seven like I'm so curious about that. like how can you you know function with your child with you all the time? Well,
1: it's hard, but I try to do something called quiet time every day. I want to try to do it up to two hours, but right now we're still only stuck at like an hour and a half. Basically, quiet time is like her going to her room and just hanging out in there, doing whatever she wants, playing with whatever's in there, drawing, whatever. Like, I don't care. Just go in your room and hang out. And it's like a, not a punishment, but make it seem like this thing that you get to do in your room by yourself, you know, what are you gonna do with it? (laughs) So that's helped a lot because then it just gives, me space and her space in the middle of the day, um, because yeah, we are we are together like most of the time, and sometimes too. Like I'll let her watch like a movie or like her show during the day, and I have no like guilt about that because there's always things you can learn even from that, like asking them questions about whatever it is that they're watching, um, and talking about that. So yeah, but the quiet time <laughs> is you know it's it's good. So if you can do something like that with, like, your kids during the middle of the day. I
0: like need that. Work,
1: work yourself up to, like, you know, an hour and a half or two hours
0: or longer, you know? That's, that's like, yeah. such a great idea. So we do this thing called quiet time, quiet game in the car because our kids get so <laughs> loud. And yeah. it spreads, like, wildfire if one kid is loud. And it all kind of, everyone gets loud. So yeah. we do have that on, like road trips you know we'll say okay whoever talks first loses (laughs) everyone yeah everyone just shuts up and then everyone just kind of looks at each other to make sure no one's talking and then you know it's nice I think the quiet time is needed for the kids too because they they need that you know um, noise-free time to just be themselves and just reflect and just be but how do you get them to do that in the home like what happens when your daughter's like mommy I don't want to do that
1: the the quiet time doesn't mean they're quiet for that whole amount of time it's just oh. means they're in their room doing <laughs> okay. something like quietly like i wish she could just not talk for 2 hours so they're they're allowed time. to ask you questions no they're they they need to not like look for me or find me just pretend like i'm somewhere else so they're just in their room doing their own thing so she really likes drawing and coloring and stuff so i got her some like nice scented like fun markers. And so she's been using that like, and she has I have like all these papers, like, you know, white papers that she can use or like whatever, like art stuff. So she just goes in there and hangs out. And then she'll make me something or whatever.
0: So yeah, that's such a good idea. So is this the same time every day? Does it work better when it happens around the same time? Yeah, it does.
1: But I mean, we don't always do at the same time. But I think once like we get back into the routine of like homeschooling, (laughs) we'll do it more like on a set time. But I got the idea from Busy Toddler because she does something like that every day. And then Carly from Gloss and Crayons, she also does quiet time with her daughter because she also has an only child. And she's up to two hours and like her daughter like loves being in the room by herself, you know, and just doing whatever in there. And so, yeah and you don't like let them have devices or any kind of electronic equipment or (laughs) not equipment, but, you know, like a tablet or whatever, because, you know, it's just time for them to do stuff. Like they could read a book, do puzzles, whatever's in their room. And then as an incentive, you could say like, well, after, you know, the hour and a half or two hours. And if you're in there for that long and you haven't like asked me a question, then maybe we could do this, like have some sort of prize or, you know, if it's like sweets that they want, like an ice cream or they want to watch a movie with popcorn or like something like that, you know, to kind of motivate them.
0: That's such a great idea. Thanks for that tip. I'm going to try it with my son. Yeah. Um, he was really good until I left for Seattle, you know, last week for a week. Yeah, And ever since I came back, he's been in my office like a hundred times a day. He's just, he I think, you. yeah, I think he missed me. And I think he... For the first time he felt what it feels like to have his mom not there. And I think it maybe, I don't know, I think it really made him sad. So this week I it's been a struggle. Like I'm still trying to hold him and play with him, but I still have a lot of work to catch up on. So it's such a struggle, yes. you know? But I like that idea of quiet time. Does it work for boys too? <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean just okay. but just work work your way up. So you know, you can start with like thirty minutes a day. And then, um, like, make a big old deal of it if he's able to do it and get it, like, you know, have some sort of, like, prize or something. And then work, like, 45 minutes and then an hour, like, just little by little until you can get them to do whatever amount of time that you want them to
0: do. And I can see how great that'll be for the kids, not just educationally, but psychologically, too. You know, it gives them time to be okay, like, alone and just be You know, it's a truly. Yeah. I find that to be almost like meditative, like just being. You know, not worrying about anything else. You're just able to just be yourself, just be in that moment. Yeah. So I think you have other amazing tips for homeschooling, like how you get your daughter to sit down and you know follow all the the activities and the the worksheets and whatever the whatever programs you have. Because I used to say that the best teacher can't teach your own child. You know, like, that's what I believe because my kids, they don't listen to me. Like, for example, I try to teach my older girls Korean when they're younger. Yeah. I would have, like, Korean school (laughs) once a week on a Saturday. (laughs) I got my big blackboard. I bought everything books, and I I was totally ready to be a teacher for an hour. It didn't work. They just, you know, wouldn't really... And I... to be fair, I don't feel like I. I, sh- I think I should have tried harder. I just tried one yes. method, like just me teaching as a mom, and it didn't yes. work. And I got frustrated. I said, "Okay, sorry, husband, I can't do this. Let's just send her degree well, in school." You were a professor, right? Didn't you? weren't you? I professor? was. Yeah. So I used to teach, but older kids. That was one of the main yeah. reasons why I never thought that I can teach younger kids. Yeah, I could teach. It's just it takes a lot of patience. I think a lot of like reading cues, you kind yeah. of have to read uh, the kids and, you know, like really be in tune with them. And it's very energy draining to do that. Yeah. I'm sure you understand yeah. like, as a teacher. Yeah. yeah. Like, but, you
1: know, I think for me, because like teaching like 32 first graders versus just teaching my own first grader, like who's going into second grade now, like it's it's easier in some ways and I think also she, she likes learning like she likes doing school stuff I think too because like she always knows that there's something like fun that we're going to do later on whatever's fun in her mind like you know to me it might be kind of boring but to her like it's so much fun like anything um. so like she just I think she has a pretty good like personality in that way where she it's very easygoing and like likes to learn and likes to do things,
0: you know? And I'm sure she gets that from you too. You know, our children, they really like take our energies if the mom yeah. is comfortable and having a good time and, you know, just like loving who she is. And I think the kids naturally become that too. And yeah. it shows, you know? So you're yeah. doing an amazing job with your daughter. So Thank can you, you give us some tips for homeschooling because it's really hard and stressful for a lot of us I tried a little bit yeah and I kind of just fell apart I'm, but I'm still trying
1: you you're not homeschooling though you're like distance learning right like where you're going through your public school and they are giving you like assignments to do at home versus you going through a charter and doing your own thing right like you're, yeah, you're not picking no. your own curriculum
0: and stuff right No, but for my preschooler, I kind of had to because, you know, he was supposed to be in preschool. So I was looking for material and I need more ideas for next school year because he won't be going back. For my oldest, I mean, not for my second, second daughter, she's independent. She just, you know, does her work. But my first one, my special needs daughter too, I have to teach her things now, things that she was learning at school. You know, but before we go into that, I'm very curious to know about the process of homeschooling. I was talking to another homeschooling mama and she was talking about charter schools and this is all new to me. So can you kind of break down the steps to like how you can begin homeschooling your child? Like what do you do with the district? Well,
1: if you want to homeschool through a charter, it's harder now in California because they just passed a bill where the funding that would go with your child isn't going to be going with the child anymore. And so, basically, like my homeschool charter, they had all these parents that wanted to homeschool their kids, but they're not going to get additional funding. They're only going to get the funding that they had for the kids enrolled last year, the number of kids enrolled last year. So, it's a little bit harder to do that, but you don't have to go through a charter. You can also file a private school affidavit, which is a PSA that you do in October and there's also always like tons of free curriculum and like free worksheets and stuff like that that you can find so you don't always have to go through a charter but it's easier because they file all the paperwork for you you don't have to like do all that you know but if you wanted to homeschool you would have to unenroll your child from your public school you would have to either go with a charter which like I said, it's kind of harder right now, or you file your the PSA later on um, in October. And then from there, you're you just set your own schedule, you will pick your curriculum. I mean, there's always other homeschoolers who've been doing it for a long time who are willing to help you. But you can always like search for curriculum and you know, whatever like your child needs. And obviously to like certain grade levels, there's certain things that kids need to learn. And so You would need to figure that out for like your preschooler, you know, like fine motor skills, learning how to spell his name, alphabet, like knowing the sounds of them, like stuff like that, you know, counting, identifying numbers.
0: So to homeschool, you have to go by like there should be like a national standard, right, on what the child has to learn that year. So you just go by that and it's up to you to decide like how your child learns those Yeah. So you
1: would um, like, you could go to the, like the California education uh, website and look up like the standards for whatever grade, but like for a preschooler, like there's no like standards because preschool is optional, you know, but obviously you want them to know certain skills or have certain skills so that when they go into like kindergarten, first grade, then they'll have like the skills. But I think most of all, like you just want your child to be a good listener and to be a hard worker because academic stuff, you can always like teach them. Like, I don't feel like they're going to be so far behind, but if they're never like a good listener, they're, it's going to be really hard for them for the rest of their life.
0: How can we do that? Because, you know, when I had, and I don't want to say this is like a boy thing, because yeah. that could be totally like stereotyping. But in yeah. my case, my daughters were definitely a lot easier to teach. Um, They're able to sit down and stay on task for longer. My son, I know, I mean, he's three turning four. He's all over the place. I sit him down. Hey, you know, hey, honey, this is this. We're going to learn to write your name. And he'll kind of just follow it. And he'll just like scribble all over the paper. And he'll just throw the paper off the table. And that's, that's it. Like he doesn't listen.
1: Have you ever tried like going outside? And um, like, I always, ask if like parents do this where maybe he likes to move around a lot so then write letters write all the alphabet or letters that you want him to like be able to identify like write those on the sidewalk or like in, on the concrete Then have him just jump on it and tell you like what that sound is or what that letter is you know like oh I like that the letter idea B or you know and then eventually later on when he's older you can even do like words or like colors you know get different colors chalk and say like what color is that you know go hop three times on the blue circle or you know stuff like that so because maybe he just needs to like move he doesn't want to sit and just like write stuff you know um, that is such a great he idea you might have a hard time like just holding his pencil anyways too because he's you know he's is he three now yes yeah, just have him like move around
0: I love that that side, yeah. sidewalk idea. That would totally work with them. He loves sidewalk chalk, which I have. Yeah. Um, I only used it just for drawing things, but my creativity, but I never thought about using it for colors and for letters, even for math, right? You can do yeah. anything outside. You can
1: like write the numbers on there and have him like count as he's like hopping on them. There's like, if you Google um, chalk, obstacle courses people will do like things on the you know they'll draw like you know squares and then like left foot right foot like all these things on the on the sidewalk and then they have to do like the kids have to do a little obstacle course name the colors or do the problem or read the word or identify the color or the shape and so yeah those are all just kind of I guess like fun things to do that's like learning but then they don't really know they're learning because it's not just doing a worksheet you know.
0: Yeah, and I think that's like it works better. It's more hands-on learning, and yeah. I used to learn about it, and and I used to even teach it. But I forgot it for my own child. <laughs> I think a lot of the times it's just where you don't have the time and the patience. Yeah, yeah. Especially when I have things like waiting for me, I tend to rush through this. But I'm realizing now with fall, a lot of clo- uh, schools are closing or they're just open for virtual like distance learning. A lot of yeah. us are scared us average moms who don't have teaching background.
1: I don't think you have to have a teaching background in order to like teach. Cause I've heard that a lot. Like a lot of people will DM me and say like, I can't teach because I don't, I was never a teacher, but like, I always tell them, you know, you were always your child's first teacher. Um, you know, like they didn't learn how to do any of the stuff that they know up until like you send them off to school without like you guiding them and teaching them and leading them. And so to have that kind of mindset and like heart and confidence in yourself that you can do it, you know, and if you don't know how to do something, like look it up. Cause that's what I always do too. Whenever, like, I don't know how to do something, I'll just look it up and then find the information and go from there.
0: Yeah. That's such great feedback. I love that. Another big aspect of this, like the stress, surrounding fall and homeschooling, when I mean by homeschooling, just even if the kids have their lesson plans or their virtual meets, like now we have to be responsible for them sitting there and completing their task. I think before we just dropped them off in the morning, right? And then it was a teacher's job to get them to do that. And sometimes I feel like our kids do listen better. They have a different relationship with their teachers than their mom's. So, you know, for all the moms who are worried about how they can get their kids to just sit and complete the task, because before we would just help with homework, which can still like take a lot of time. But I think having to be there around their school hours to answer questions, or to make sure they're focused and completing their task. And I know some kids need that extra support. Like, follow yeah. through. Hey, like, did you do this? Hey, do you know what you're supposed to do for this class? What can we do? What can we do to support our children better without losing our patience? Do you have any tips for that?
1: I would say breathe because sometimes when I get really frustrated with things, like if I just take a breath and sometimes I have to do like a really deep breath and then let it out, like I just feel calmer instantly, you know? So I would just say breathe. And I, I know that's like a lot on like, especially moms, they feel like they have so much to do anyways. And then there's like this teaching component that's kind of like on them too, but that you do set the tone for anything that happens in your home, you know, whether it's teaching or child rearing, whatever, like you set the tone and to have that in mind and to know that this, whatever is happening right now is not going to be forever. We don't know when it's going to stop or when it's, when it's going to end, but We know that it's not gonna be forever. (laughs) I know, I know, I, I wish, but it's not gonna be forever. So that's what always gives me hope, knowing that everything that's happening right now with the pandemic and having to stay home, people having to distance learn, like homeschoolers that just have to stay home, can't go on field trips, like it's not gonna be forever. And so to keep that in mind and to like have that hope and to just try to breathe. And if you feel like you can't do it just take a step back I know for like distance learning sometimes like the kids have to be on zoom for a certain amount of time so that kind of stuff like I feel like the teacher in the school they need to be able to like I guess keep track of it because I mean what can the parents do you know like the kids have to be on there for like I don't know how long it was like an hour or two or so I feel like There needs to be some sort of a better plan than what happened in March and April and May for the fall, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think a hard part is that a lot of us are working from home. Yeah. Um, Like my husband was home for about two, three months, which actually was easier because I had two parents instead of one. But yeah. now it's just me. So, you know, I do have older kids who are able to do to, to things more independently, but it's still hard. Like they still need me. Yeah. So I think a big part of the struggle comes from the fact that we have other responsibilities on top of making sure that our kids are learning during the yeah. day. Um, before, we didn't really have to worry about that. We just dropped them off <laughs> and picked them up and just ask how their day was and help with their homework but now it's that con- it's the mental load of worrying and if things don't go well if they're not learning you feel guilty and naturally it's the moms who feel more pressure and guilt than the dads again yeah. not stereotyping but i just i think in most you know scenarios it just happens to be that way yeah thanks for those tips i love that the breathing technique i think that works for anybody in any circumstance. But especially I think during this time, we're going to need a lot of deep breathing (laughs) techniques.
1: Yeah, a lot of deep breathing and just like, sometimes you just have to laugh because if you don't laugh, you might cry, you know, but yeah, to just keep that hope that it's not going to be forever, you know, it's not.
0: So do you think just like kind of monitoring our children? Starting from fall, they'll be in front of their computer in their Zoom, Zoom classrooms or Google Hangouts or whatever that the schools are using. Do we just like monitor them? How do we keep them, you know, learning and accountable?
1: Well, how was it in like March and April? It's like earlier this year for your for your kids that had the Zoom. Stuff? I
0: felt like my oldest and my yeah. son, like I felt like it was very disorganized. Yeah. Because I think even the teachers didn't really know how to do this. A lot of teachers, yeah. like my oldest daughter's teacher, she's older in age. So I think technology uh, like was really hard for her. Um, yeah. She's also a mom of older kids. So she struggled setting up the whole online classroom system. So, you know, like a lot of back and forth, like miscommunication. And my oldest daughter, she had like her OTs and her therapies on Zoom. And they're really short, like 20 minute sessions. And when it was done, she'll get really upset that it's over. And she would miss her teachers and she'll, you know, it was really, I think it's hard for, I mean, for her, it's her special needs, but even for the younger kids, they don't understand why they can't be in school. They don't understand why they're learning this way. So I think a lot of it is like just frustration. You know, we have to do a better job just being more accommodating and understanding when things are hard for us, too.
1: Yeah. You know? I mean, so for like the older kids, they had to do their classes for like how long was it? Was it like two hours on Zoom, or how long was it?
0: Yeah, I think they had their classes. Like my older daughter, she had her classes. Yeah, they're like hour sessions. But I think a lot of the times I see them just on just working, doing their work and there's a teacher and you see all the kids on the screen. Yeah. But um, one of her main concern was that she doesn't like certain subjects. That's not really easy for like math, for example. Yeah. Like she feels like she can't learn as well on zoom because she can't ask questions the way she used to. I think it's just a different mode of learning. Did they ever
1: offer like, office hours or anything like that like I um, think they do
0: have office hours they yeah. do but it'll require a lot of adjustments on their part. and um, my daughter also brought up that she can't focus at in her room which I understand's a very valid point because for kids home is where they play they play video games and they you know relax they watch movies even in their rooms and now their room is their school. You know, they have to learn. Even us, you know, um, moms have trouble focusing if we're told to work in our bedrooms, right? So that's another component that I think we need to think about.
1: I guess for me, because we've always homeschooled, like we do school stuff like all over the house. And so it's just like a part of our lives. And so it's different than when for those of you guys who were in public school and then all of a sudden like thrown into what you guys got thrown into, you know, because it's completely different and completely new, you know.
0: So can you give me some like ideas? Like what what do you do with your daughter? She's how old? Is she five now? No, she's seven. Oh my gosh, she's seven already. She's seven. Wow, already. <laughs> <laughs> no I swear she was like three like yesterday what I happened I, I don't know where she grew up she so started. yeah I love this idea of like the whole house being their school right that's something yeah. that I think a lot of us public school moms are not used to so can yeah. you give me some ideas on how you make that happen for your seven-year-old maybe like starting from like age four
1: I mean, she has an area where we do school stuff. Like, so I didn't set up like a room. To <laughs> some homeschoolers, they set up like a whole room, and it's like, you know, they have bulletin boards and all that stuff. And I think for me, maybe it's because like I used to be a teacher, so I don't want to have like like a little classroom at my house. So she has a desk, and we have, you know, uh, shelves with our school supplies and books and stuff like that. But I mean, sometimes we'll take all of the stuff that we're working on, we'll just do it at the dining table. or We'll go sit outside or, or before I would maybe go to like a bookstore, you know, and so we just always learn somewhere. So it's different than like for you guys with public school and just you go to school and you come home and then home, you just like relax, watch movies, you know, do life and stuff. Because for me, homeschooling is like a way of life. I don't know, like, what can you do? I'm trying to think. Maybe it's like something like has to shift, like mentally where you don't just view like school as something so rigid. And like, because I think sometimes maybe like kids, especially like teenagers, maybe this is, you know, being like generalizing, but they might not like school because they think of it as, not boring but you know it's it's not as fun I guess when you're older like in high school and stuff than when you were younger you know it becomes really like
0: institutionalized you become very yeah. in- institutionalized it becomes very dry and you're just like a number you know you, it's all about test scores and yeah, yeah it's not it's not so it's like this idea of like turning your everyday life into learning and like maybe emphasizing on the joy of learning, like every day. Yeah. Like, hey, this is fun. This is exciting. This is what you get to do today. So so do you think it's like, like our attitude has to shift, right? Like the way we view school has to shift.
1: Yes, that's for sure. Because when I first started homeschooling, like there's this whole process of like de-schooling where the things that I thought about school, I had to like throw it out in my head because it's not just about memorizing facts or like doing like worksheets or whatever. Like you want your child, your kids to like really understand or learn or like want to learn or want to know about something, you know? And I feel like my, my child, like she does like learning. She is curious. And I try to encourage that, you know, and it's harder, I think when, yeah, with test scores, like the institutionalization of education a little bit harder.
0: You know, as we, as we started discussing homeschooling, it just dawned on me that this might be like 2020, this crazy COVID days where, you know, moms have to monitor our children and their Zoom calls and all of this. Like we could really see this as a, as, a, as a great opportunity to de-school, right? All yeah. of us and really view learning and education a different way. And I think if we do that, well, this could be a transformative year, you know, a a year of growth for parents and children.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would hope so because something good has to come out of all of this, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was, before I spoke to you, I recorded an episode about just like how I'm doing these days. And I'm not doing well, you know, I'm doing my best, but some days are great. And other days are just like pure survival. It's hard. Yeah, I think 2020 is a year of learning and unlearning and just, you know, growth, transformative changes happening that wouldn't have happened otherwise. And after talking to you, I'm realizing even for myself, I have to de-school first before I start worrying about fall. Like that's such a great takeaway, Sally. I'm so proud of us for even coming to this point. (laughs) Like, yeah, that is brilliant. I never would have viewed, you know, school and fall this way, but this is a great opportunity for all of us. So thank you.
1: You're welcome. I just feel like, I think everyone, like we're all stressed. Like we've all been like stuck in our homes for, you know, forever it seems like. And so, Everything just weighs even more heavily than maybe if we weren't stuck in our houses, and so I know it's really difficult, but we will come out of this better.
0: We will come out of it stronger, and yes. we have to do Korean barbecue and our boba and our karaoke I night, we have to right? Do
1: everything like I need know. all the things. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I miss my girlfriends. Like now, that before we started, as soon as I saw Sally's face, I was like, I need a glass of wine. Because like, that's who you are. You're not like, you're just like, I don't know, you're a very comforting place for me. And I think this oh, happened. Really? Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Sally is a very wise person. You just look at her Instagram page. It's easy to think, oh, she's just all happy Disney homeschooling mama like there isn't you know, like a lot of wisdom there, like life wisdom, but there are a ton in Sally's page, her blog, and in her head. Yeah, in my head when
1: I just verbally. Yeah, vomit in your on head.
0: You. <laughs> yeah I think it's great. I think you should do more of this verbal vomit. So you know that this is a perfect like gateway to our next to my next question. I wanted to ask you um your advice for moms who want to start a blog because you know, like myself, like you, when I see you, you don't seem like the typical blogger who likes to share a lot. And I know you're very private, even about your daughter's name. And I know you know a lot about just necessary steps we have to take in the online space when you're blogging about your family. So can you kind of go over that and give some advice for moms like yourself who are interested in starting a blog? (laughs) If
1: you're interested in starting a blog, I would first try to figure out, like, why do you want to do it? You know, is it because you want to get, like, free trips to stuff or, like, free products? Is it because you have a story to share? Is it because you want, like, a million Instagram followers or, like, what, you know? For some people, it might be because they want to, like, have a place to unload their creativity, like an outlet, to have something that's your own. Cause I think for me, like I said, I wanted something that was my own because this Instagram, even though like I put my family in there and my daughter, like I put less of them and it's more about like me and not like it's all about me, but you know, it's about my life with my family. So I guess my first question would be like, why do you want to do it? You know? And then once you figure out why you want to do it, just be yourself, you know? So last, last August, I went to like this conference where I got picked out of like thousands of applicants, I guess. And they only picked like 20 people to go. And, you know, I had had to pay for like a little bit of it, but I was really shocked that I got picked, but I went and I met this girl LaShawn and I had my account like in my blog, like kind of like evaluated by her. And she basically asked me like, what is it about you that like sets you apart from anybody else? Because, If you looked at my account like a year ago, I think like I love going to events and hanging out with people and like, you know, going to Disneyland and like stuff like that. But what sets me apart from every other blogger in California or Southern California, LA area that goes to events, that loves Disney, that's a mom, you know, like what sets you apart? And so I really thought about that. And I think after that, I like kind of changed the way that I approached my account and my my blog and like my business, you know? And so I put more of myself in to it, like being myself and sharing who I am, like you know, being honest about like things that I share, like being authentic, even though that word, like gets tossed around so much, like you just have to be you because there's only one you, you know? Yeah. So I think like you have to, like I said, figure out why you want to do it and then just be you. And then just share, Um, share stories. Share things that you love. If you love Disneyland, then post about it. If you don't, then don't post about it. If you have like one child, post about your child or, you know, just like be you. And I think that's what I've been trying to do is just be myself. And if people like who I am and want to follow me and stuff like that, that's wonderful. If they don't, then I don't take it personally because that whatever online persona like it's just a snippet of who I am it's not all of me and so like it doesn't matter you know like if somebody were to like write something that wasn't very nice like I don't take it personally because they don't know me and I don't know them and maybe they're having a bad day or they're just like you know they've been quarantined for like a year I don't know you know so yeah I don't know if that helps or that answers your question
0: no, definitely. I agree. I think being yourself is key. Without yeah. that, you know, you don't truly have a brand. And I completely agree that we need, like, our voice matters. I think that's something that I struggled with a lot too at the beginning of my blogging journey. There was a lot of doubt, self doubt, like, why would anyone be interested in hearing my story? Or who am I to do this? You know, a lot of just, it comes from, not being confident enough. And I just want to say to those people who may be here right now that your voice matters and we all have something to offer. And there's really room for everyone because there is only one you. And I, I, I'm so glad that we're covering this particular um, topic because I think it's something that more moms have to really not just hear but really own and I believe that's like their first step to finding their sole purpose. It, it might not be a blog, it might be like an Etsy shop or you know like a buying and reselling business or anything that they're good at that they enjoy especially during this time of quarantine when everyone's trying to figure out that next step. A lot of us have lost jobs. I know a ton of moms who are laid off or you know they're they had to quit for whatever reason. A lot of companies are laying off mothers who aren't able to like, you know, do the Zoom calls and do all the work that their male counterparts are doing. It's really like a pivotal time for us women. And I think now more than ever, it's so important for us to like know what we want to do. And okay. When we say blog, I'm sure Sally can agree. It doesn't just mean like a lifestyle blog. It could be anything for your next yeah. like passion or your hobby.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a lot of work. Like it's a lot. You would think yeah. that it's not, but it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot more work than I thought it would be.
0: <laughs> but I think for you, um, and and me too, we kind of enjoyed the process, right? We liked connecting with other moms. And we liked the back and forth messages, you know, if like if you're using social media just to grow your audience, people can tell, right? Like it's it comes off as like superficial and not authentic. But if you're using social media to really get to know people and like you're really their friend because you really feel like their friend, like those are that's like how you begin your build your community.
1: Yeah, and I mean like And with community too. I think when I first started blogging and, you know, doing stuff on Instagram, like like yeah, I liked going to events and I liked like hanging out with other bloggers and, you know, having like supporting other bloggers and having other bloggers support me. But I just feel like now like you have to have an audience, like just regular people who are following you and that you like serve them, you know, serving your community. And I think for me, like I obviously like have people who like love disney but then also like homeschooling moms and like sometimes like people who need encouragement because i feel like that is one of my gifts like that was always like something that when i was really involved in church like you know i was always an encourager and i was always a person that like listened to other people's problems try to like just support them or be there for them and i feel like in that way i'm doing that in some ways on instagram for people who do need it you know
0: Yeah, it's like you have have a talent, it's a God-given gift, and you turn that into, like first you served your, you know, your church community, which is a great place to start, and then you're serving other moms, homeschooling moms, or Disney-loving moms, or moms with only child, you know, like other other points of connection, and then I think by blogging, you're reaching even more people.
1: Yeah, it's good, but... Yeah, it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. But it's fun, it's fun. And I got to meet like, you know, awesome people like you. Yeah. And become like real friends and
0: stuff. Yeah, that's one thing I love about like Instagram and social media and blogging is that I get to connect with other amazing women. Last question to you before you go is, like, what do you do on those days when you're really struggling to create or do like a craft or an activity with your daughter? You know, some days just kind of feel really hard. Is there something Um, you tell yourself? You mean lately or before? (laughs) Because it's completely different. Let's do, I know you're right. Let's do (laughs) pre-COVID. You are so right because I was going to record an episode about, oh, like tips for self-care and how to improve the energy of your home, right? And I had these written out before COVID. I can't record it right now because I'm not living that truth. Yeah, and I can't speak on something that I don't feel good about. You know, it yeah. doesn't feel very authentic. And right now it's I'm not there, so I can't. Yeah. But yeah, let's let's do like pre-COVID and now. Pre-COVID?
1: I mean we would just like get out of the house, you know, like go, go to, to someone, Disneyland. Go to Disneyland. <laughs> um, you yeah. know, eat a churro and dole whip and like, you know,
0: oh, all the so Mickey good.
1: like foods that are there. Or just like go. On a field trip or go to a park. There's like a park. Like do things that house. make
0: you happy, right? Yeah. Do things it's just that make like out, you joy. Yeah, just be yeah. outside.
1: So um, how about now? now? <laughs> sometimes I cry. <laughs> do you I really? yeah Sometimes, like, because I feel like once you cry and you let out all those emotions, you can move on and you feel better. But if you just yeah. hold on to those, like tears, then it's just like it's more like just all like inside and you just feel there's Korean word inside you know just all yeah. like I don't know how to say it in English I but.
0: believe that repressed emotions can lead to physical ailments like cancer and stroke and blood pressure a lot yeah. of it comes from just repressing a lot of emotions even negative ones so I am a believer of crying sometimes I'll just like drink a few glasses of wine and get in like this you know kind of more emotional like almost like self-pity. I don't mean in a bad way. It's more like, like, Angela, you've tried, you've been working really hard. Sometimes like we have to do that for ourselves. Like, Oh, I know it's hard. I know it's not easy. You know, doing what you're doing, just kind of keep going. I have this like inner dialogue. Sometimes I cry, but it feels
1: good. It does feel good. I think once you cry and you let it out, like you feel better and then you can go do whatever you need to do. But also breathing, (laughs) have a big yeah like breathing in and out just deep breaths that just makes you feel better and i mean a seeing me like cry before but like she doesn't say anything she just leaves me alone i think she knows so
0: what does Um, what do you tell your daughter when you're crying and she you know sees you
1: like i'm not like bawling it's just like tears are running down my face and maybe she thinks it's sweat i don't know like she doesn't really (laughs) like say anything to me but she'll just let me be. And then if she asks me anything, then I would tell her, but she doesn't ask me anything about like what was going on.
0: And I think it's okay to say mommy's feeling kind of sad right now, or I'm feeling kind of tired. Like I tell um, my teenage daughter this a lot more now that she's older. I tell her, Hey, you know, I'm sorry. I'm not perfect. Sometimes I do things or say things I'm not proud of.
1: Yeah. So yeah, crying helps. And sometimes like, looking at funny memes (laughs) just to like make you laugh or just texting a friend i think those are the things like nowadays because i mean for me personally like i still try to just stay home unless i have to go out
0: yeah and just like remembering that it's passing that it's yeah yeah
1: it's not gonna be forever (laughs) i have to keep like reminding myself i should make like a sign yeah this is
0: not gonna be forever Well, thank you so much for your time today, Sally. It was so much fun talking to you. Thanks, Angela, for having me. Of course. I feel like we could have talked for like another hour, but we'll save that for another time. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm going to put all the show notes below, like all the links for your homeschooling tips, as well as blogging tips. So if you're listening and you love what Sally's about. She's an amazing mom, amazing friend, and a homeschooling mom. And I find her truly inspiring. And I know you'll love her as well. So make sure you check out her handles and her blog and any final words to say for moms who are really stressed out right now about what we call is homeschooling, (laughs) because it's getting closer, you know, it's right around the corner.
1: I think regardless of whatever decision you make with schooling stuff, because I know districts have different options, just know that you're not going to ruin your child. You guys are going to be okay. Um, You're stronger than you think, and you're more capable than you think you are. We will all get through it. We just don't know when. We wish we knew. We just don't know. So We just have to keep holding on to that hope and encouraging each other and not judging each other for whatever choices that we make.
0: Yeah, I agree. Less judging, more understanding and more empathy. Cause we're all going through something these days. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here, Sally. And like I always say, please keep up those homeschooling tips on your blog because that really helps moms like myself.
1: I mean, there's a bunch inside my head that I need to like type out,
0: but lack of motivation these days, you know. Thank you so much. It was so fun talking to you, Sally. And I can't wait to see you in person.
1: I know. Thanks for having me. I miss you. I miss you, Of course, thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye. Take care, you too. Bye. You are my son.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Mommy Diary, the podcast. If you can relate to any of my stories, my hope is that you leave this episode feeling a little less alone and a lot more inspired. For more parenting and lifestyle stories, head over to my blog, mommy-diary.com, or join me on Instagram at mommydiary. If you're loving this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and leave a 5-star review. I love connecting with you, so send me a DM and let me know what you'd like to hear next